see here. You want to say something? Am I supposed to? Oh, go ahead. But, uh, it's good to have Brother Miss McBride with us, and you got a little bit of a taste there of their music, and so we're going to ask him to come around. Then he's also going to be preaching. <laughs> I'm tuning up here. In case you didn't recognize that last song was I'll Fly Away. We were in a service one time. We were playing a little bit before the service started, and uh, so we played I'll Fly Away, and when we got done, this fellow raised his hand. And I said, yes, sir. He said, do you know I'll fly away? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, would you mind playing it? I said, no, sir. So we played it. I don't know if he recognized it that time or not, but that's what it was. So we're going to try this one here. I'm getting a little bit of ring here out of this talking mic or singing mic or whatever it is. But we'll try this one here. Uh, you notice there's just two of us. Bethany's up helping the preacher and his wife, but we'll see what we can do here. Three men on the mountain. Three men on a mountain, up on Calvary, and the man in the middle was Jesus, he died for you.
complete in thee no work of mine could take dear lord the place of thine thy blood hath poured and bought for me and i shall stand complete in thee yea justified O blessed thought and sanctified Savior, when before thy bar all tribes and tongues assembled are, among the chosen I shall be at thy right hand, complete in thee. Yea, justified, O blessed thought, and sanctified salvation wrought. chapter 11. Thank you for being here this morning in the morning service. And I appreciate the goodness of the Lord. And I appreciate the invitation to come. It's always a blessing for us to come be at the Central Baptist Church. I love your pastor. Thank the Lord for him. One of my heroes in the faith. And uh, I just like to be around him. And he's always an encouragement to me in the things of God. And uh, we're just, we're happy to be here. And I want to spend a few moments this morning in this passage. Now, 
before we're done, we, we spent a little time in Sunday school. We talked about Ruth, about a young lady who missions. We, we talked to her, you a little bit about missions and about something that they heard. And I want to deal with another lady in the scripture, and we'll find a missionary message, and quite similar perhaps to what we read a little while ago. But in Hebrews chapter 11, we have the heroes, what we call the heroes of the faith. We call it sometimes Hebrews 11, the hall of faith or the hall of fame of faith. And we find some folks that were ordinary folks like you and I, but because of faith, they did extraordinary things. And that's the way the Christian life is, amen? God takes ordinary people. And then through by faith in him. And it's not, it's not uh, the quality of our faith and, and to say, well, it's faith in me, but it's the person we put our faith in that makes the difference, faith in the Lord Jesus. And so we read about a lot of men. We read about Abraham and we read about Isaac and Joseph and Moses and so on, Joshua. But one young lady I'm interested in here in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 31. If you'd look at that verse with me, we'll look at this verse and then deal with some more verses in a moment. The Bible said, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So we have in this passage the account of Rahab, and she is called here by faith the harlot Rahab. Now I like to put it this way when we think about Rahab. I like to put it this way. Rahab teaches us about the about face of faith. The about face of faith. I've been studying a little bit in 1 Thessalonians and reading about the second coming of the Lord. If you read in 1 Thessalonians, every chapter ends with a reference to the second coming. But in chapter number 1, Paul says this about the Thessalonican Christians. He said, how ye turned to God from idols to worship and serve the true and living God. And so what happens here is we find out that when faith, when a man or a woman becomes a man or woman of faith, there is an about face that takes place in their life. We were headed one way, now we're headed a different way. They turn to God from their idols. And when you turn to God, there is what I like to call a canceling effect that takes place. You say, preacher, what gets canceled? All my past gets canceled when I trust the Lord Jesus as my Savior. You say, oh, preacher, well, I've got this in my past. I've got that in my past. Well, if you get born again, you know what God will do? He'll wipe away all that past. He'll wash it away in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember preaching one time. I was preaching in Indiana uh, in a tent meeting. Uh, I go there just about every other year and have been for over 30 years now. And a lady, I preached one day about God taking our past and wiping the slate clean and about how the devil likes to bring up our past and so she said to me after the service she said preacher mcbride every year said when i was a teenager i did something i shouldn't have done and she said i've been ashamed of it i was ashamed of it when i did it and she said i repented and i asked the lord to forgive me of it and he, she said i believe he did forgive me of it but she said every year on the anniversary of when i did that seemed like the devil just oppresses me and brings it up and reminds me of it and she said one year i was having such trouble with it such difficulty that i i gave a testimony about it in the church and she said after 
afterwards, several of the church folks came up and said, we, we deal with the same thing, the devil. He's called the accuser of the brethren. But I want to tell you something about the devil this morning. He's a liar. Don't believe anything he said. He's not just a liar. He's the father of it. That's what we read in our Bible. And he'll bring up your past, but God never will if you're born again. He's washed it away. He didn't just put it as far away as the east is from the west. He didn't just put it in the buried in the depths of the sea. He didn't even just put it behind his back. He got rid of it, washed it away in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The slate is clean. Amen. And so here we have a woman who has a past, but her past is going to be canceled out by faith. And I want to talk to you about that. And before we're done, I want us to deal, I want to deal with somebody. We don't know who their name is, but somebody who has an intricate part in this woman and her life being changed. I'm reminded that Paul said this. I'm going to read it to you. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's a pretty long list right there. Somebody said, well, I can live any way I want to and go to heaven. Oh, no, friend. You can't live any way you want to and go to heaven. The Bible said there's some folks who are not going to go. But the next verse says this, this is a wonderful verse. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I want you to think for a moment. I don't want you to dwell on it. I don't want you to get melancholy about it. I don't want you to wallow in it. But I want you to think for a moment where you were and what you were when God saved your soul. And think about what you are now. What he took you from and what he brought you to. Thank God. If we went through that list again, we would find out... I wouldn't have you do this, but if I'd say, well, raise your hand if you're in the first part of that list, there's a lot of hands that would gone up. But you know what? Such were some of you. Now you are washed. Amen. I, I remember, oh, you know, I'm on, I'm on Social Security now. I turned 65. I'm a senior citizen. You know what happens to you when you become a senior citizen? Everything that happens reminds you of something else that happened. So I'm reminded when I'm telling this story this morning, I'm reminded some years ago I was preaching in North Carolina and, and the preacher was there. He's in heaven now, a good man, Brother Lee Davis. And they had a little boy and he said, he said I'm going to tell you what happened on Easter Sunday. He said, my wife put a white jacket on my boy and uh, told him to stay clean. Now what mama? Every mama ought to know better than that. But she put that white jacket on him. He went out and he came in and it, he had got dirt on that jacket, got muddy, got stuff all over over him and boy mama got after him but then after she got after him she went to cleaning and she got him cleaned up and she said he said she got him so cleaned up that when he went to church nobody ever could tell that he'd been so dirty and so messed up and when he told that story I thought to myself that's what God does with you and I we were messed up we were dirty we were unclean we were filthy we were sinners but the good grace of God cleaned us up and you look at us now and say well I couldn't believe what you used to be 
And I can't believe it either, but thank God for grace. Hallelujah. Can you say amen right there? We are not what we used to be, and such were some of you. Now, I want to talk to you about this woman here, this, this harlot woman is what the Bible calls her. And I want to see what, what faith did in her life, the canceling effect that faith had in her life. First of all, I want to say to you that faith canceled out her past. Now, notice what our scripture said. We're staying in Hebrews for a moment. We're going to go to Joshua in a minute. In Hebrews 11:31, by faith, the harlot Rahab. So the first thing that's brought up is her past. But her past, faith will cancel her past. Because later on, we'll read about uh, Rahab. And just like we read about Ruth this morning, we'll read about Rahab in Matthew chapter 1 in the lineage of Christ. And guess what? She's not called Rahab the harlot. She just called Rahab. Why? Because when you get in Jesus, your past is gone. It's washed away. Now, what kind of past did she have? Well, she had, first of all, an insolent past. Now, her name, her name Rahab means pride or being proud. So apparently, that name would tell us something about her character before she was saved. She was full of pride. And weren't we all before we got saved? We were proud of ourselves. I remember talking to a man one time, trying to lead him to Christ. I was on, I was on walking around Pine Lake, Michigan, and he was up on his roof, working on the roof, and I came by and I said, hey, I'm Pastor McBride from the Calvary Baptist Church, and I'm just out talking to people about going to church and inviting them to church, and I talked to him a little bit, and he put his hammer down and listened to me for a moment, and I, I said, could I tell you how to go to heaven when you like to go to heaven? He said, okay, and I said, you know, the Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He picked his hammer back up and looked at me and said, not me. I'm not a sinner and never have been. He was proud of himself. I was visiting in a place called Bloomingdale, Michigan one time. Knocked on a door and an 84-year-old man came to the door. He'd been, a, he'd been a Methodist lay preacher. That's a preacher who's not ordained, but he preaches sometimes. He'd been a Methodist lay preacher for, I think he said, 60 years. And he was 84 years old. And he invited me and we had a nice talk and we talked a little while and I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, this is why I'm out today. This is why I'm visiting today. This is why I'm talking to people. If you died today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? He said, I hope I would. Been preaching 60 years. I said, could I take my Bible and show you how you could know instead of hope? He said, all right. He's very kind. I said, the Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I said, that means I'm a sinner and you're a sinner. He said, no, no, not me. I said, now, sir, I don't mean, I, I, I'm just saying that all of us were born sinners. All of us born that way. He said, not me. I never could convince him that he'd ever been a sinner. He was proud of the way he'd lived. And you may be proud of the way you've lived. But if you're not saved, that pride won't do you any good. So there's, there was a canceling of her insolent past. She humbled herself. And then she'd had an idolatrous past. She was a Canaanite. And the Canaanites worshipped false gods, made up gods, idols. They sometimes burned their children in sacrifice to those gods. And that was her upbringing, a Canaanite, an idolatrous woman. She had worshipped false gods, but now she's going to worship the true God. She had an insolent past, an idolatrous past, and she had, according to our text, an immoral past. You know what a harlot is, a prostitute. There are some who, they're, they're uh, 
they're bothered by this, the fact that it was put in here that she was a harlot. And they tried, I've read some commentators who tried to make her an innkeeper because somehow it bothered their sensibilities that God would put a used-to-be harlot in the lineage of Christ. But the Bible tells us what she was. She had lived an immoral life, an ungodly life. She had sold herself and sold her body in order to make money. She was a harlot. And so, and one of the reasons perhaps that those men went into her house because it was not unusual to see men coming and going from her house. It would not draw attention to them to go into that house. So here is a woman who's had an immoral past. But you know what? Before this is over, uh, God's going to make her as clean as the driven snow. You say, preacher, can God do something with my wicked, dirty, filthy past? Oh, yes, he can. The blood of Jesus can wash you whiter than snow. The blood of Jesus can take all of that condemnation away. The blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sin. So her past, her past has been canceled. Not only has her past been canceled, but her perishing is canceled. Watch what it says again in verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab, I like these two words, perished not with them that believed not. What does it mean, perish not? It means she did not die when the city was overthrown. You remember the story and the account in our Bible in Joshua chapter number two is where it begins and the children of Israel have come up against this city of Jericho and there are double walls on that city and now it's straightly shut up against them and God tells them what to do. He tells them to march around that city. Now, this is a whole other message, but I'll throw it in here. Isn't it interesting? Somebody said, we need some new thing to accomplish the work of God. Well, they were facing a new enemy, but God told them to do the same thing they'd been doing for 40 years. March. God said, I want you to march. He said, I don't have any new orders for you. I don't have any newfangled ideas for you. I want you to do what you've been doing the last 40 years. March. And so they marched around that city. That's all they did. And when they got done marching when God told them to, then they blew the trumpets. And you know what happened? The walls fell down and they won the victory. And the people in the city were slain. But Rahab was not slain because she had hid the spies and because they had they had made, gave, given her their work that she would be spared and so she was not she did not perish the Bible said with them that perish now I want you to think about her perishing she was perishing in three ways she was perishing by sinfulness you know what sin does it wears away at you it takes your life from you somebody said well I'm I'm gonna go out I'm gonna live it up no you're not living it up you're you're taking your life away by your sin the drunkard said, I'm going to drink and live it up. No, your drink is taking your life away. The dope addict said, I'm going to go out and get involved in this and it's going to make me happy. No, it's stealing your life away. The man who lives for riches and for treasure said, the more things I get, the happier I'll be. No, those things are stealing your joy and stealing your happiness. I preached here one time many years ago on this thought. I preached on there's a thief in your house. The thief is not somebody breaking in to steal your goods. The thief is your goods that have taken away your time and your energy and your affection from the God who saved you. So she was perishing by sinfulness. The Bible talks about a harlot in Proverbs chapter 2 and it says her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. Sin will steal your joy. It will take your life away. Not only was she perishing by sinfulness, she was about to perish by the sword. 
because Israel was coming in to take over the promised land and all those that stood against them would perish by the sword. There was judgment coming upon her life. And sin not only wears away at you a little at a time, but sin brings the judgment of God. And suddenly, the Bible said, the Bible said, he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. Sin brings the sudden judgment of God. You say, well, preacher, I'm getting away with my sin. So far. So far. You say, well, preacher, God has not judged me for my wickedness. Not yet. But be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. She was about to perish suddenly. And then... She was perishing or about to perish by separation because you know what's going to happen when she dies? She's going to spend an eternity in hell separated. The Bible talks to us in Luke chapter 16 about a rich man. And apparently he was not a saved man, not a man of faith. There were two men, Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus was a man of faith. He was, he was poor. He, he laid at the rich man's gate, the Bible said, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. But the rich man, the Bible said, he fared sumptuously every day. He was clothed in purple. The Bible said it came to pass the beggar died and was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes being in torment. So here was a man. He was rich, but there came a day in his life because he never trusted Christ that he was separated. He was sent to hell. And, he, and he's still in hell today begging for a drop of water. And one day at the white throne judgment he'll be brought up out of hell and then cast into the lake of fire forever and eternal and eternal judgment. All these things were awaiting Rahab. But you know what? They were all canceled out by faith. You remember when you got saved? Remember when you trusted the Lord Jesus? He canceled out your sinfulness. He canceled out uh, your perishing by the sword. And he canceled out that separation, that scarlet line. I'm taking for granted you remember about the scarlet line that she hung on the outside of that wall. And I can see her hang that scarlet line. And when they came to, uh, to destroy the city, they said that everybody in that house where that scarlet line is, everybody in there, leave them alone. They're under the protection of God. They're people of faith. And she hung that scarlet line outside. She lived on the inside. And though maybe she couldn't see that scarlet line all the time, it was always there on the outside protecting her. And you know sometimes maybe a doubt will come up and a question will come up. But when you get saved, God applies the blood. You're saved forever. There's been a canceling take place in your life. Her faith canceled out her past. Her faith canceled out her perishing. Her faith canceled out her old partnerships. Let me ask you this question. What kind of man you reckon Rahab had been hanging around? Wicked men, ungodly men, men who want to use her for just for their own pleasure. That's the men she'd been hanging around. But you know what happened when she got right with God? She got a new kind of man to hang around. What kind of men is she hanging around now? She's hanging around Joshua, a man who always keeps his promises. He kept his promise to her. She's hanging around Salmon. That's the man who married her. The Bible said that after that city was destroyed, she married a man named Salmon. He took her and she became a woman of Israel. So she married a man who loved her. He didn't just want to use her. He wanted her for his wife. He loved her. 
and she gets to hang around with Jesus. <laughs> you say, well, preacher, when is that? When she went on, she's with the Lord now. Are you listening? She gets to hang. That's a pretty good fellow to hang around with. So here's a woman. Now listen to me. I'm getting down to where I want to go. It took me a while to get there. Here's a woman whose life has been completely changed. She was headed one way. Now she's headed this way. Her, her, all of the wickedness and all the, all the ungodliness and all that judgment, it's all, been, it's all been canceled out in her life. But how did it happen? If you have your Bible, I want you to go back with the book of Joshua. And I want to read you something. And we've already this morning read something very similar to this in Sunday school. But I want to read with you in chapter 2 of Joshua. Would you watch it a moment? Joshua chapter 2. Let's start in verse 1. And Joshua the son of Nun sent, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. Joshua chapter 2 verse 1. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to stretch out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men, listen this now, and hid them. She hid them. And said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. Now look on down here a little further. She's going to talk to these men. Look what it said in verse number 9. And she said unto the men, watch it now, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Now watch verse 10. For we have heard. Do you see it? We heard something. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did under the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Watch this now. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death now listen here's what happened we look in Hebrews 11 we learn about this woman who is in the hall of fame of the faithful and we learn that there's been a cancellation that her life has absolutely been rearranged that she used to be going this way and now she's going that way and we say to ourselves what a wonderful thing that a woman who is a heart a woman who was an adulteress or, or, or an idolatrous woman, a woman who was going to die and spend eternity in hell is now in the hall of faith, now a servant of the Lord, now a believer, now in the lineage of Christ. We say, what a wonderful thing, but we must remember the reason she's there is because she heard. And the reason she heard is because somebody spoke. Somebody sent the message. 
Again, I don't know who it was. The Bible doesn't tell us who it was. But somebody who knew what God had done when he parted the waters of the mighty Red Sea and allowed Israel to walk through on dry land. Somebody who knew how God had defeated Sihon and Og. That, that Og, king of Bashan, the Bible said was a giant. But God defeated him for the children of Israel. Somebody knew about that. And when they came to Jericho, they said, let me tell you about Israel and let me tell you about their God. Let me tell you how he dried up the water of the Red Sea and all of Israel walked through on dry land, never got a speck of water or mud on their sandals, dry land. Let me tell you how he defeated Sihon and Og. Let me tell you about their God. And the Bible said when she heard that, she said, here's what I learned. I learned that your God is God in heaven and God in earth. And she said, I want you to swear to me by your God. She became a believer, but she became a believer because of what she heard. When I go up to Indiana and preach a city up northern Indiana, the preacher's daughter, adopted daughter, married a young man. He had come into the United States illegally. I mean, he didn't come in through the normal channels. But he came in the United States. He moved up there and he's in Indiana. And they met and courted and they got married. And then he got saved. And when he got saved, he said, I'm going to go back and do this right. He said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go through all the immigration, all the things, I'm going to do this right. So he went back to Mexico where he'd come from. But that wasn't the only reason he went back to Mexico. See, he had heard here about the grace of God and he got saved. And he knew his family in Mexico had never heard. They did not know what he knew. So he went back and he stayed there and he witnessed to his family, talked to them about Christ. Then he went through all his immigration things, came back to the United States, came in. He's now, just a couple of years ago, he went through the whole thing. Now he's a United States citizen, went through the whole deal. But he didn't just go back just to do that immigration thing right. He went back because he knew his family had never heard. They'd never heard what he heard. He went back, as it were, as a missionary to tell his family about God. And all over this world, there are people who have never heard. You say, preacher, how come this happens and how come that happens? How come they don't believe? They don't believe because they've never heard. And if Rahab had never heard, she would never have believed. She'd never been in the lineage of Christ. She'd never been in Hebrews chapter 11. She never would have married Salmon. The writer of Joshua will say this in chapter 6, the Salmon married Rahab and she dwelleth in Israel unto this day. She was known to the writer and known to the people of Israel. But the reason she knew, she made this statement, for we have heard. How many people have never heard? How many people don't know? They don't know what you know. So what do we do about that? We tell them. I'll read you the verse again. We read it. We read it a little bit earlier. Romans chapter 10. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? You read these things in the Bible. I read about Rahab. And I remember I preached a whole series of messages. I think there were five messages on Rahab. I was preaching all week in a girl's home. 
girls who'd been in trouble, been through a lot of difficult things. So I preached to them all week about Rahab, about what God could do in their lives if they believed. But before they could believe, they had to hear. And they won't hear without us. They won't hear without you. And they won't hear without me. So they must hear. We heard in Sunday school, the Bible said, for she had heard how the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Now we're here in morning service, for we have heard what the Lord did. Has anybody heard from you what the Lord has done? You had a part in that? Anybody up and down your street heard? Anybody in your city heard? Anybody in your county heard? Anybody in your state heard? Anybody in your country? Anybody in the world? Has anybody heard? That's what all this is about. That somebody might hear. And when they hear, then they might have faith. And when they have faith, God will revolutionize their lives. They'll be, a, they'll be an about face of faith. They were headed this way. Now they're headed that way. But they must We're the ones who must make sure that they hear. I want you to bow your heads a moment. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. They must hear. And that's our responsibility. They must hear. Now let me ask you a question this morning. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed in reverence for the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been an about face in your life? You say, oh, preacher, I'm, I've got some things in my past I'm ashamed of. I wish I hadn't done it. I wish it hadn't happened. I'm ashamed of it. I'm sure Rahab some, had some things in her life that she was ashamed of. But you know what the Lord did? He washed them all away. There came a time when they were never brought up again. She was in the lineage of Christ in Matthew chapter 1, and it simply will say that Salmon married Rachab. That's the Rahab of the Old Testament. God will take your past and wash it away in the blood of Christ. He'll make you clean. You say, oh, preacher, when people look at me, they think about where I came from and what I did. God won't look at you that way. God will look at you as his treasure, clean by the blood of Christ, if you'll trust him. It's what he did for Rahab. It's what he'll do for you. I want to ask you this morning. Nobody's looking but me. You say, preacher, I'd like to be clean. I'd like for my past to be washed away in the blood. I'd like to have an about face in my life. I'd like to know Jesus, that God you talked about. Would you pray for me? There's nobody looking but me. You lift your hand. I see your hand there. Somebody else, I see that hand. Somebody else, I'd like to be clean, preacher. I'd like to know the Lord. Would you pray for me? I see your hand. You can put it down. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. Is there somebody else? I've got some things I'm awful ashamed of in my life. I'd sure like for the Lord to save me and wash me and make me clean. Would you please remember me when you pray? I see your hand there. Somebody else? I see that hand. Somebody else? He'll do that for you, my friend. I'll tell you how much he wants to do that for you. He sent his only son to die on the cross and shed his blood so he could give you a brand new start on life. Let's pray a moment. Father, we love you today because you first loved us.
thankful, Lord, for these that have raised their hand, and I'm praying for them right now. I'm praying for your mercy in their lives. But, Lord, you won't save them because of my prayer, but you'll save them if they'll ask you. And if they'll come today and call on you, you'll save them. And, uh, Lord, you'll wash them in the blood of Christ. They'll get a brand new start on life. You said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. They can have a new life today. They can be your child, have the sin forgiven if they'll trust you today. And then, Lord, those of us that are already saved, we I remember the day when I, when I came to you as a sinner and asked you to forgive me. Those of us that are already saved, Lord, help us remember somebody needs to hear. She heard. Somebody needs to hear, and they need to hear it from us. I pray you'd help us today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet a moment. We're standing. They're playing the song, and our brother's going to sing, and here's what we're going to do. If you raised your hand and said, I'd like to be saved, like Rahab was saved, I'd like to be saved. Once you step out and come, we'll get somebody here at the altar to help you. Young man, young lady, middle age, doesn't matter, whoever you are. Said, I'd like to be saved. Won't you come? We'll get somebody to pray with you right up here. They'll not force you to do anything, but they'll help you this morning. That's it. They'll talk to you this morning, and they'll help you today if you'll come. Then if you're here, you say, Preacher, I, I haven't been that concerned about missions like I should. Won't you come today and think about what could happen if your neighbors would hear, if your loved ones would hear, if those around the country would hear? Why don't you come today? While we sing, you come while our brother sings. We're waiting on you. Come on, young lady. You raise your hand. I prayed for you. You come on. Come on, young man. Come on. 